Well, good morning, good morning. Can we just acknowledge our band? Don't they do an amazing job? <laughs> what quality music in church, just amazing. Thanks, guys. Well, surprise, you've got me preaching <laughs> and Kim this morning, so um, the two of us. Um, yeah, I'll, me first, and then Kim will get up and get a bit more practical and um, finish it off. But before we start, I just wanted to give you some useless trivia about me. Um, so I am left-handed. Uh, Kim is right. My three boys are also left-handed. I uh, know. All three of them, yep. Uh, three, seven, and ten, all left-handed. So all the fellow lefties in the room, I've heard some um, whooping already. Uh, give me a wave. Yeah, Nathan, yeah, nice, nice. Mike, oh, all the quality... I'm oh, sorry, no. <laughs> I knew it. I, that's awesome. No. Now, the, the reason I'm telling you that is because I'm going to put my water on the left side. Kim is on the right, but that right. He always drinks my water. But you're all witness. Mine is the left. His is the right. The other thing I need to tell you is that I actually um, am a little bit clumsy when it comes to eating and drinking. So I don't actually plan to use that at all unless it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> no joke, I was having a little sip trying to get it all in before and I, I, I spilt, but um, I'm wearing white, so hopefully you can't tell. Didn't want that to happen up here in front of all of you, so hopefully I won't need that. But there you go, let's, um, let's get into it. So last week we started a series on home. So here's a quick recap. Ultimately, home is heaven, but the church is a little bit of heaven on earth. Church is our home away from home. The church is God's representation of heaven on earth. Our series verse is John 14, 2-4, where it says God goes to prepare a place for us, a place with many, many rooms for each of us. So last week, Kim put out an invitation to build heaven on earth. As a church, we are building a home away from home, bringing heaven to earth. The month of Feb has always been our vision month, so through this series on home, we'll focus on our cultural statements, look up, lean in, reach out, and expand. Last week was look up, this week is lean in. But before we get into it, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for the privilege to bring your word this morning, Lord. I pray that it will be your living word and not just words spoken. Speak through me. May we all hear your heart this morning, Lord, your truth, your vision, your desire for change. I pray that hearts will be ready to receive your word so we can all walk out of here changed in some way. In Jesus' name, amen. So what do we mean by lean in and how does that create a concept of heaven on earth, of home? This morning, I'll be creating a picture of um, what God's family looks like. Then Pastor Kim will come up and share some of the blockages to that and how you can all be intentional about being part of it and, and helping to build and foster that um, representation of heaven on earth. So to start, let's look outside God's family to what it's not. In our culture today, we don't have to look far to see isolation, a lack of belonging, mental health issues, anxiety, depression, Broken relationships, trust issues, addictions, discrimination, confusion, hopelessness, a lack of self-worth and self-purpose, a spirit of busyness and distraction, misaligned priorities, lack of peace, rest and fulfilment. In contrast, God's family, God's church provides a place where everyone is welcome, no matter the background, past, age, gender, etc. Friends are found and established. Burdens are shared. People are healed. 
Giftings are discovered, purpose is found. There is fulfilment through service. Hope is restored. You'll find a listening ear, a shoulder to cry on, a village to help raise your kids. People to celebrate with and laugh with. Power through worship and the word. Encouragement to grow deeper, be better, to change. People are challenged, leaders are raised, salvation is found and sins are forgiven. Amen. Bringing heaven to earth is about having strong community with people who love Jesus, and that goes far beyond just Sundays. So let's have a look at what the Bible says about God's family. Now, the references will be up on the screen. Don't worry about finding them. We're going to whip through them pretty fast, um, but you can look into them later if you want to. So starting right back at the beginning, in Genesis 2.18, we read that it is not good for man to be alone. God created a helper for him. So right from the start, we see that we were created to need each other. God created us to need each other. Psalm 133 verse 1, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's good. It's pleasant when unity is found. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 emphasizes the strength of two compared to one. There is enhanced profitability as we work together, supporting each other, encouraging each other, defending each other, sticking it out against the world. Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. The Lord loves community. He's he's attracted to it. It's like, you guys are meeting up. I'm there. I am not missing this. And there's power in that. Great power. God's, God's power. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. A clear example of God's heart for the church. The very one on verse, Mark 12, 30 to 31, and Matthew 22, 37 to 40, we hear God's great, greatest two commandments to us. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Love God, love people, love your neighbor. Who are our neighbors? The people sitting right next to us. In order to follow his commands, we need to be in community. If we want to nail it in life, these are God's two tips. He's condensed it all down to this. Love God, love people. And I can't think of a better place in the, in the context of God's church, uh, of the God's family, of the church, to practice and strengthen these, these two commands in our lives. The final passage uh, I would like to read in full, it is Romans 12, 3 to 21. Now this will be up on the screen. You might like to close your eyes as I read this, but I encourage you to see where you fit in this beautiful picture of God's family, of, of heaven on earth. For by the grace given to me, I say to each one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. 
Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And yes, I did have a bit of an incident last year where Kim had asked me to read a passage. Some of you may remember, I completely lost my place and the flow and the power, and I, I was pretty down on that. I didn't want that to happen today, so I totally cheated and printed it out in large text, but I do have my Bible up here, so it is legit. It's out of the Bible. All right, let's see uh, what these scriptures tell us about God's picture of heaven. So this tells us that beautiful picture of heaven on earth looks like living in relationship, journeying together, doing life together, riding and celebrating the mountains, the winds, and the valleys, living in humility and harmony, finding that village, that community where you belong, serving and supporting one another, doing our bit with the gifts God has given us, enjoying one another, celebrating together, challenging one another, going deeper in the worship, in the word, in faith, in prayer, growing together through key relationships, training and raising the next generation of leaders and followers of Christ. It's a place where strength and hope is built to face and change a broken world. Attracting God's power and presence just by meeting together. A mere two or three is enough and he's there. A place where patience, peace and prayer is celebrated. Where love seeks to be genuine and sincere. And enemies and evil are seen through the eyes, through the lens of God's eyes and not our own. A place where God and good wins. Now my boys are loving Planet Boom at the moment. They're always listening to it. They're infiltrating their little Catholic school, one student, one teacher at a time. It's, it's great. I highly recommend it. Great truths, a lot of fun if you haven't delved into the world of Planet Boom yet. They were showing me a clip from one of their favorite um, albums the other week, and this bit, these six words stuck out to me as I was in the process of preparing this message, these big words. I'm on the screen during the music video. But before I get to the six words, just a quick run-up. The clip was describing the church, the family of God. It said, we are the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the family of Christ, and the army of Christ. And now to those six words, and no, I'm not going to sing it or rap it. I've said a lot this morning, but if you just remember these six words, it really encapsulates in a nutshell God's heart for his family. This is what we do together as a family of God, and they will be up on the screen. We praise together. We pray together. We laugh together. 
We cry together. We grow together. And we stick together. Now say it again. We praise together. We pray. We laugh. We cry. We grow. And we stick. A beautiful reminder of God's heart for the church, his representation of heaven on earth, of home. Now, while we've painted a picture of heaven on earth this morning, I do just want to take a moment to acknowledge those who have been hurt or burnt in church. This morning we've created a picture of the ideal, but this side of heaven we are all imperfect people in an imperfect place. Stuff happens. It's happened before and it will happen again. But this side of heaven is still the best and the closest thing we have to a bit of heaven on earth. Don't give up on it. There is grace, restoration, healing here. It's no mistake that you're in this room today or watching this online. We have a pastoral team here who would love to pray with you after the service. I encourage you not to leave this room today if there is something you know is creating a blockage to you leaning in again to experiencing the family of God of heaven on earth. If God is speaking to you, now is the time to start that healing and restoration. And now I'll hand to Pastor Kim to delve a little deeper into some of those blockages to leaning in and how we can all be intentional about being part of it and helping to build and foster the family of God. Thank you. So I'm just going to grab some water. <laughs> that would really annoy Bethany, trust me. <laughs> I have no problem spilling water all over myself and making a mess and walking around stage and tripping over. I have no problem with that. You know, um, Jesus looks at the church as his bride. Imagine if a bride was walking down here and the groom was standing here, right? She's walking down in all her beauty and everything like that. Uh, I remember my mother-in-law telling me, oh, I really like to actually turn around and look at the groom's face when the bride walks in. So I'm at, uh, I remember, you know, the time I'm standing here looking at my, my to-be wife walking down the aisle and my mother-in-law is looking at me. I'm like, stop! <laughs> But imagine the bride is coming through, right? And someone sticks their legs out and trips her. <laughs> how, how mad would the groom be? How mad would the groom like, just like rush over and go, mm. how, how dare you, right? And this is how Jesus views this group of people, his bride. He loves this community of people. This is who he is coming back for. This is his representation of heaven and what heaven looks like on earth. This is our home. And here we are. And, you know, I, I, like Bethany said, I'm going to be talking about some of the blockages to this beautiful picture that God intends for his church these people that live together and stick together and praise and laugh and cry and support one another to the, through the mountains and the valleys, we, we do this. But the truth is, is that a lot of the things get in the way of us being the church. 
of us getting together. We get together in big groups like this, but we also get together in small groups like this, like, like, like we talked about in our connect groups. There's, there's, there's different types of groups, and different groups have different um, dynamics and different things that God is doing through them. Every group, every period of time has its challenges. Every period of time, and we're no different. We have our challenges. God wants to bring heaven to earth, and he wants to do it through us. But there are challenges, there are things that are pushing against that. And that's been true for all of history. Let, let me give you an example. Something like a, a few hundred years ago, slavery was a big thing even in Christian Western countries. Did you know that? I think we all know that. And then there were people that looked at that and go, this is not heaven on earth. This is not what God wants. And so the kingdom of God came in that time to bring freedom from humans, putting other humans into slavery. And so the kingdom of God comes and brings change in different ways, in different periods, as there are imbalances and the kingdom of darkness moves in and creates certain bondages. And right now, we have challenges as well. Now, I'm not comparing it to slavery. I mean, that's an extreme example. But we have certain challenges. And I, I want to call one of the challenges a world of busyness. You know what I'm talking about? You know, uh, when I ask people how, they do, how they're going, the two top responses that I get is busy and tired. Do you know what I'm talking about? And if I'm honest, a lot of the time when people ask me how I'm going, I'm, I'm feeling a bit tired and I've been a bit busy. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just the atmosphere. It's the type of world that we live in. Things have changed. Technology has changed. Productivity is now the key the key, the key thing that everyone is looking for, productivity. Think about the flow of information just in the last few hundred years. Like, you know, 600 years ago, um, if you wanted to, uh, to read a book, it was actually really, really expensive because for, for a book to exist, someone had to copy all the words. There was no such thing as the printing press. That happened about 500 years ago. And that, that, was, that was like a, that was a game changer. People could print things en masse, and so even the Bible became commonplace. Everyone could get a Bible, and that was the, the flow of information changed. And then there were libraries. You could collect you know, books at a cheaper price, and, and people could go to a library to gain knowledge. Now, all you need is this. You could get information anywhere. And so with this, the, our world has changed our economies have changed product. We're much more productive than we used to be. That's great. There's a lot more wealth. Our lifestyle expectation has gone up. And, and even our, the, the requirements of our workplaces have gone up. The productivity requirements are new. Like that, that's changed us. And I'm not having a go at this. I'm not saying, oh, you know, the good old days. I'm just saying life has changed. And we have different challenges this drains our energy, our mental, our physical energy. And sometimes we just don't have that, that, that space in our lives. You know what I'm talking about? To, to, to invest in relationships, to lean in, to come together. 
Average says that people can make it to church once in four weeks in Australia. Let's not be like that. Let's say, no, this is important. I'm going to be here in the kingdom of God. I'm going to build myself a structure so that I can experience heaven on earth because this is what God wants. He wants a group of people together to love, to support, to care, to speak into one another. But we live in a busy world. There's also another thing that takes a lot of time. And I think it's a, a product of being so busy, is the fact that um, there's a lot of entertainment now in our world. You know, a few hundred years ago, what are you doing? You're hanging out in your house with no lights, and it gets dark, and you go to bed. <laughs> right? But, but now there's, there's so many things that we could do. There's so many things, and I think it's, it's, it's like there's a direct relationship between how busy we are and the fact that we just need to chill out for a little bit and be brain dead. Has anyone uh, noticed how many streaming uh, uh, platforms there have come about in like the last, you know, maybe five years, ten years? I'm going to name some of them. There's so many, so many come out. There's, there's Netflix. Woo! Anyone? Come on. i got Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan. The Stan. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, got that as well. Binge. I mean, if there was ever a company that uh, used a name that defines what they're about, it's like a restaurant, uh, you know, calling itself Eat. You know, Binge. They, they just want you to spend time watching the movies. Disney Plus, there's Amazon Prime, there's Apple TV, there's Paramount, new guy on the block. Apparently, there's 200 streaming services worldwide. Entertainment is, is a big part of our, our culture. And some of us, we really like gaming. I was talking to a, a, a couple in our church this week, and, and I'm like, what do you do to chill? And they, they play games. For me, oh, there's too much effort. Like, you know, after a big day, I want to sit down. I want to watch a screen in a comatose state with my mouth half open. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't want to be thinking and like I, I died and it started. No, no. Too much. But here's the thing. With the busyness and the entertainment sometimes uh, filling our lives, what can happen is that the optional stuff gets pushed to one side. And Bethany was talking about there are so many social issues. There's isolation and anxiety and, and so many things coming into our, into, our, uh, into our people, our young people particularly. When we're applying scripture, there are two things that we need to do. We need to understand the context of scripture where it was written, why it was written, how it was written. And then we need to understand our context. And then we can derive a principle to our lives. Are you with me? And the principle, I think, for this has never changed, for the church has never changed. It's quite simply this. Christians coming together in small groups and large groups, it's necessary for our health. It's necessary for our health our emotional, mental, and spiritual health. You know, um, some time ago, I went to, this is a while ago, I went to the physio. I had like an issue with my hip. 
no, I didn't need a hip replacement. And I was like, it was like 10 years, it was a long time ago, I was, and I had an issue with my hip. And the guy started working on my calf. I'm like, what are you doing? Wrong area of my, I'm paying for this. It's my hip, all right? He started working on my calf, and it was so painful. Like, I, like, I'm, like I'm like, you know, grabbing onto the table and, and stuff. He's like, and then he goes, dude, I'm just doing this on your shoulder. Like, he showed me somewhere else, and it, was, it wasn't even hard. But I'd messed up my calf, but what had happened, there was a story behind it. I hurt my heel. And because of my heel, I was walking around weirdly, and that started affecting my calf, and then my hip started hurting. Now, I would never have made all those connections, but these guys, just from like seeing how you walk and poking and prodding you and hurting you and giving you a lot of pain, know exactly what's going on, and they tell you this is what's happening. But I would have never made those connections. And you see, so many social issues are happening in our, in our culture, but we're not making those distinctions because even with social media, though we feel connected, we're actually really isolated if we're not around people speaking into us, people that are going towards Jesus, that are helping us on our journey. If we were to follow the Word of God, we might find some of the issues that we don't even relate to obedience to the Word of God actually is fixed in our hearts and in our lives because they are ground root issues. Are you with me? And so I want to suggest to you, and this is what I do. I brought it up last week, but I think it's so important. And especially if you're in a pastoral position in our church, please listen to this. These are the things that I do when someone comes to me and tells me, you know, they're struggling, they have a particular issue, and, and, and they need some support. This is what I say to them, all right? I'm not a professional. I'm not here to fix your problem. I can't promise you that. But there's a couple of things I can do. Number one, I'll, I will journey with you. I will journey with you so you're not isolated and alone. Number two, I will bring you into a group of people that can journey with you. And number three, I will always try to find someone who has the relevant experience, even if it's a professional, to actually help you in where you are. But this is what I found. Most of the time, being together with a group of people, someone who is encouraging them, people walking the journey with them, nine times out of ten, it actually lifts the person and a lot of what they're going through is helped. Why? Because we are made to be social people. And more and more, people are isolating themselves. They're pulling away from community. They think they are connected because they got 500 friends, friends on Facebook, but there's no one to call in time of crisis. And so I want to ask you, if we're really going to see heaven on earth, if you want to see heaven on earth in your life, what are the structures that you're building around your life so that you are leaning in? You are leaning in to the people of God. And one of them is church, but another one is small groups. And I want to spend just a few minutes just with a real challenge for those of us who find ourselves really too busy to be part of a small group. I want to call it the 10 steps to health challenge. I think we got a slide up. 10 steps to health. Now, uh, you should have this on your uh, row somewhere. If not, you can pick one up at the Connect desk. These are all our different Connect groups. 
that you can be part of. And this is my challenge, just my challenge. If you find yourself too busy, and I, I do as well, I'm not having a go at anyone for being busy. You know, I like, I like a good Netflix movie as much as the next person. I'll probably watch one today. All right, I'm not having a go at anyone for being busy, but here's the thing. If we want to get health in our lives, whether it be physical health or emotional health, we need to put certain things in our schedule which are not negotiable. And I just think as a Christian, there are some things like church. I mean, I'm kind of preaching to the choir all here. But there are also small groups. And so this is my challenge. This is my challenge. Ten steps, ten times a year. Ten times a year. That's not a lot. To catch up with one of these groups. Ten times a year. That's like now, December. No, no, everyone's too busy in December to do anything, all right? So now to the end of the year, if we catch up once a month, with a small group of people, in, in a year, what you're going to find is you spend an hour, an hour and a half with these people once a month. You're going to be finding friends. You're going to be finding that you have people's number in a crisis. You're going to have a few people that really know you, a few people that are getting behind you and pushing. Now, most of us will do a lot more than 10, but I'm talking for the busiest person to say, I'm going to make a commitment. There are 10 steps I'm going to take this year to build around myself a community of people so in that in 2025 I have a whole group of people that are around me pushing me towards Jesus because the truth is and this this is not just about our church it's just statistical in 2023 most people just didn't have time to catch up in a small group it's just a fact and a whole year went past past and we've come together and we've, and we've worshipped God. But to be honest, we don't have anyone to cry with. And we don't have anyone to laugh with. We don't have anyone when we're down in the dumps to go, hey, can you, can you, just, can you just pray for me? And we need those people in our lives. And maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? I've got a, I come from a really good Christian family. I've got, I'm really well supported. I've got great Christian friends. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. But can I encourage you? One of the greatest things that you could do for someone, we're all called to be disciples and disciplers, is to create a space where someone else can connect in and to lean in, and you can help someone grow. And that's the next side. That's the other side of this thing where I, where, where I want to encourage you that you can be part of creating a small group. And it, it, it's not super difficult. Don't, don't make it bigger than it is. It's you are connected with God, you are connected with people, and you want to invite other people into that. And we have different ways that we, we do things as a church. We've got connect groups, which is more just social sort of uh, connection. And then we have grow groups, and then we have Bible studies and different ways we can do things that work for different groups. That's cool. But if you want to be part of that and you go, you know what? I want to help others to create social circles around them that can support them because that's actually the church. That's the church. Our support around each other uh, is, is the church. So there's some information there. And this is my challenge. If you find yourself too busy, 10 times, 10 times, once a month for this year, to build spiritual relationships, to build people that are there to support you, to create a structure that God could use to bring heaven to your life. Health, healing. As we finish up today, 
I'm not inviting you to be part, if you're new here, I'm not inviting you to be part of an organization. I'm not even essentially inviting you to be part of life and legacy. You're invited to be part of the family of God. This is the greatest thing that God has given us, is the family, is each other. This is the greatest blessing. And he's inviting you into that. He's inviting you into that in a way that when someone else comes in and they experience the family, they go, God is here. Look at how these people interact. Look how they love each other. This is not natural. They're not, they're not from the same side of the tracks. They're not, they don't all have the same color skin. They're not, they, they, it, it's almost like they, they should be divided, but they're not. Because we are united in Christ. I want to read to you from John chapter 17, verse 21 to 23, and it says this. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Think about this. He's praying for us. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. In, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Was that there's this group of people that are united. Now, united not, doesn't mean that we're all doing the same thing and going the same way. It's where we're united in purpose. We're united in supporting one another. We're united towards in, in our heart towards God. I'm here for you and you're here for me and you're using your spiritual gift to encourage me and I'm doing the same and when I'm up, you're down and vice versa and we've got this group of people around us because we're not all going to be down at the same point in time. Otherwise, we'll be in trouble. There'll be no one to pick us up. But we're all together in on this, and we all have different experiences, and we can speak to one another. You can look, look, you know, you're struggling in your marriage. Let me give you this advice. I've been married for this many decades, and, oh, you're struggling with, uh, with raising kids, or, you know, oh, you're single, and you're, wor you're working out how to live a life of purity. I've been through that, and let's, let's have this conversation. Let's help one another. This is this beautiful picture of love and family and coming together. And God is calling us into that because that's actually what people are looking for. And that's what he wants his church to represent. Not somewhere we attend on a Sunday morning, but a group of people that we belong to and love, support, and they support us. And he says this sort of unity, when people walk into that, go, ah, oh, man, God must be real. God must be, whatever they, I don't even know what about God, I don't even know about their God, but whatever they do, it must be real because there's something so amazing here. It feels like heaven. It feels like heaven on earth. This is the picture of the church that Jesus had. Heaven, one group. Can I get Ken on the keys? That'd be amazing.
I talked about an invitation. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, talking of himself. And he invites each and every person into his family. You know, some of these things are very spiritual. God is transforming our heart. And some of these things are really practical. We need to make some decisions to position ourselves to receive the health that God has for us. My dad has a saying. He goes, you can't sit on an ice block and say, God saved me from the cold. You like that? I'm only going to indulge him because he's not here. But sometimes as us as Christians, we need to position ourselves. We say, God, I need to commit to a group of people. I need to be accountable to a group of people. I need to be regular in a group of people so that I can position myself for health. Can I encourage you to, if, if you were here weekly and catching up with a small group monthly, that is a good structure for you to usher in the relational health that will see heaven developed in your life. If you need to make a decision, why don't you just bow your head, let's all bow our heads, close our eyes, spend a moment, and if God has spoken to you, God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock some things in. I'm going to make some practical decisions. I'm just going to make an action plan and I'm going to do it. And maybe you're here for the first time and this whole family talk is different, it's odd. Or maybe you've been here many times, but you know for a fact God is calling you back into a relationship. He's calling you to himself. His words, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's provided forgiveness. There's no reason to stand afar. He calls you, come, come son, come daughter, come home. Come into, come into my embrace, come home. Come be amongst my people, come follow me. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand just so I can recognize you where you are. I want to pray. If that's you and you're saying, yes, I want to follow, I want to follow Jesus, why don't you just raise your hand right now and put it down. Is there anyone here saying, yeah, I can see God calling me, God calling me home. Thank you, God. Lord, be honored. Be honored in His place. For the rest of us, I want to give us a moment just to make any decision that we might need to make.
Father, we just want to thank you and acknowledge that you have good things for us. Good things. You want us to be healthy in all ways, including our hearts, our minds, our well-being, Lord. You're calling us into health in every aspect. So we thank you for this and we lean into it. We expect and believe for good things from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Guys, great to have you in church today. Um, I want to encourage you, if you need prayer for anything, whether you've been sick or God has spoken to you this service, don't leave this place without um, having someone pray with you. We will be waiting at the front, a few of us, and we'd love to spend some time in prayer and ministry. If you're new here for the first time, grab a coffee, a free coffee on us, and we'd love to catch up. Be blessed, and we'll see you next week.